Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Your boy Johnny Clutch talking about the latest sports news and the sports that I love. A lot of people were talking about Walt Frazier's comments about LeBron. Now, during the game, Walt Frazier saw LeBron sitting on the end of the bench and uh, away from his teammates during a timeout. And as Walt Frazier had this a bit to say about LeBron, he said, quote, When you're the face of the NBA, I think you should be more a part of your team. He then said some other things, and he ended his quotes by saying he said that he doesn't really care when referring to LeBron. I honestly don't get why people are so upset with what Frazier said. He was speaking the truth, and it was literally on your TV screen if you were watching the game. A true team doesn't have any players sitting away from the team, especially when the coach is speaking during a timeout. These are the type of things that have led to so much disconnect and chemistry issues from the Lakers this season. And I hate the argument of, you know, oh, he normally does that. LeBron normally sits there. To me, that makes it even worse. You're telling me LeBron never joins the team during a timeout? Just imagine being another player in that team and seeing your so-called leader do stuff like that. And, And also imagine this. Imagine LeBron doing that with a team that had a coach like Pop. Now, even if you say he's not undermining his own teammates, I guess maybe you can make that argument. He's undermining his coach. And yeah, I know Luke Walton is probably going to be fired at the end of the season, but LeBron can't at least show him some respect and at least pretend that he cares. And when LeBron does this stuff, he knows the can of worms that he's opening. He knows how how this is going to be perceived when he sits at the end of the bench like that. Also, if you hear Frazier's response to all the attention he's gotten from his comments, he makes even more sense of it and even gives LeBron praise for saying he only said those things because he's always known LeBron as a guy that would always do the right thing. Defend LeBron all you want on this, but things like this are one of the reasons why this season has been such a disaster for the Lakers. And also, to all those people criticizing Walt Frazier in the last day or two, all these people don't know half as much as Walt Frazier knows about basketball. Don't get mad at the fact that he's speaking facts about one of your favorite players. And just because of that, don't question his basketball knowledge. And things like this LeBron has done throughout the season. Again, I'm, I haven't really been questioning his play as much as the crappy season he's had as a leader. He's had a terrible season as a leader. And with all the young players on this team, this has been the season that he's needed to be a leader the most in in recent memory. And let's face it, he's failed miserably at it this season. And just so people don't say I'm piling on LeBron, it's just LeBron. No, it's not just LeBron. Another supposed leader of the team, Rajon Rondo, you know, that Denver game, he was sitting closer to fans than he was of his own teammates, you know, when the game was, you know, just about over in the fourth quarter. To me, Rondo should be ashamed of himself about that. That's probably even worse than what LeBron did. And he should have honestly got discipline from the team. If you don't care like that, then why are you even playing? I would have just sat him out the rest of the season. But that's just me. And I'm a guy that throughout the years has been a fan of Rajon Rondo's game. But when things go bad, he can just be such a headache. On to my next topic. Uh... I want to talk about the worst contract I feel in the NBA that I feel no one's really talking about, and that's Hassan Whiteside in Miami Heat. Now, in twenty in the 2016 offseason, when Whiteside signed a four-year, $98 million contract, uh, he has a player option at the end of this season, but he will 100% accept it because no team will pay him $27 million next year. But with that being said, his salary for the season is ahead of star centers such as Nikola Jokic and Rudy Gobert, and also tied with Andre Drummond. 
When Whiteside signed that contract, no one had a problem with it. And why would anyone? He looked like a future Defensive Player of the Year candidate. The money seems to have changed Whiteside, though. When he's engaged, he's still a defensive force. There was a game against the Spurs earlier this season where he had an astounding nine blocks. But most times now, he just isn't engaged. Eric Spolstra noticed this, and when the team was winning games with Bam Adebato starting at center, he kept him in the starting lineup. There was a little foreshadowing of this when last season Whiteside was benched a lot in the first round playoff series against the Sixers. And whenever Spolstra talked admirably about uh, Adebayo this season because of how much he trusted him late in games. The Heat play better when Adebayo starts, and it's the main reason why they appear to be playoff bound after having struggles throughout the season. In their last 11 games with Bam starting, the Heat are 8-3. Whiteside in his last five games has played under 20 minutes in each of those games, and in their last game against the Thunder, which they won, he only played five minutes. Last offseason, I know Whiteside was upset about his playing time he received in the playoffs, but the Heat decided to try it again with him this season, mostly because of his large, his large contract being untradeable, and the Heat had absolutely no choice but to give it another go. Maybe he becomes slightly more tradable in the offseason, since next season will be the last year of his contract, but it will be very difficult. Smart Money says that Whiteside's time in Miami is running out, and if Miami can somehow find a trade partner to take Whiteside's contract for next season, I think they should do it. Another basketball topic I want to touch upon is the Philadelphia 76ers and their dilemma this offseason. Now, I feel that they can sign back Tobias Harris no problem. It seems like he likes it there in Philly. But a big question mark here is Jimmy Butler. And we honestly don't know what he's going to do. There were rumblings earlier on in the season that he was frustrated with his role in the offense with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Right now, I'd give it about a 50-50 shot that he stays in Philly. I'd like to believe a lot of it will depend on their postseason performance. I think if they at least make it to the NBA Finals, I think he'll stay. Eastern Conference Finals, I think if they make it, maybe more likely he stays as well. But if they get knocked out in the first or second round, I think there's a very strong chance that he leaves. And to me, this whole you know season will be a fail. I think Elton Brand's moves have been slightly overrated this season, especially considering that just say Jimmy Butler does leave and all you have to show for getting rid of you know Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Landry Shamit, who was looking very good as a rookie and is playing very well for the Clippers right now, giving up all those, all those draft picks. If all you have to show for that is Tobias Harris, I'm sorry, that's a big fail. And Tobias Harris is a very nice player. But you're giving up all that basically for Tobias Harris, I don't know. Now, if Jimmy Butler stays, I then I agree. He made all the right moves. You have a starting lineup that no matter what, you're going to have Simmons locked up when you sign him. You, you'll have Butler, Harris locked up. And, of course, they already have Joel Embiid locked up. So that's a very strong core for years to come. And I'm going to end all this by saying that the last guy that relied on Jimmy Butler, Tom Thibodeau, he relied on Jimmy Butler to stay in Minnesota, and look what happened to him. He got fired because of that trade. And he goes, I bet you any money right now, if Minnesota could take that back, they would, because they would still be able to draft Laurie Markkinen. They'd still have Chris Dunn. They'd still have Zach Levine. I mean, I know those guys aren't really leading to a lot of winning in Chicago right now, but there are a lot of those are a few young players with a lot of potential, and you put that on Minnesota along with Towns and Wiggins, it's a lot better than what they have right now. 
So it'll be very interesting to see how uh, that turns out of Jimmy Butler and his free agency this offseason. I would like to thank everyone that listened to this podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes and interact on any social media platform that you see this on. Leave likes, comments. So until next time, it's your boy Johnny Clutch. Peace out.